And we are live. This is Rob Rowe, standing in for Debbie Dashinger of the Dare to Dream podcast. We are at the Conscious Life Expo, February 2019. And I have the very good fortune to be here with Dr. Ibrahim Jaffe. Dr. Jaffe, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's my pleasure to be with you, Rob. All right. Uh, so I'm just in the process of learning a little bit about what you do. I uh, had the very pleasant surprise of sort of popping in off the cuff to your uh, talk last night, and I caught some of uh, what your approach is medically, uh, having to do with some visualizations and uh, you know g- getting rid of the source of illness uh, more at the emotional level instead of you know just the physical alone. Can you give us just a little bit of an overview of of how that works? Well, sure. I'm a a Sufi teacher. And in Sufism, what we learn is that the heart has to be purified for people to reach union union with God. But the other side of it is that when the heart's purified, the body heals. So everything kind of the heart is the master gland. Everything goes back to the heart. And when I say heart, I don't mean the physical heart, but I mean the emotional or, or the spiritual heart. So in this system, um, what I'm trying to do is bring this spiritual purification into the medical world. Because what happens today is, you know, people get sick and they go to the doctor. And I'm an allopathic medical doctor myself. And, you know, we give all the things we give. But the truth is we're not really healing anybody. What we're really doing is blocking the symptoms or covering up the disease. And that's valuable, you know, but it doesn't really heal. So if we're really going to do the work... We have to protect the person, keep them safe. You know, if they're schizophrenic or something, give them, you know, uh, medicine that stops it so they don't hurt themselves. They have, you know, hypertension, give them something that blocks the hypertension. But at the same time, if we don't get into the causes of why they got sick, then we really haven't done our work as physicians because really healing is getting to the causes that cause the disease to, to manifest. We, we hear so often about cancer patients and oh we think we're in remission and then it comes back and and then we're in remission again and it comes back and i've seen this within my own family and it's it's so sad it did i i think it could just be exhausting for the patient because i think it would you know create a you know a feeling of despair if you think you're on the road to recovery and then you had a relapse and that sort of thing so so what are the things that you address to make sure that when you work with somebody, uh, they, they don't, don't have that kind of experience. Yeah, well, what we find is that, <clears throat> first of all, every illness has a, like a packet of light, that, a subtle light that surrounds it. So no matter what it is, if you have you know, prostate cancer or breast cancer, whatever it may, may be, somebody who's trained can actually find that light that is connected to the illness. So when that light is still present, the disease is still there. You see, so if a person goes in, they get chemo radiation, you might kill the body cells, but the source of it, which is that subtle light and what's inside of it, is still operating. So if you don't get that light out, then it's possible it will reoccur. That's the problem. That's what medicine doesn't quite get yet, which is that the source is not only in the physical body, and it's not only DNA replication and cellular issues. There's something behind it, which is the emotional, psychological and spiritual things that are being held in those subtle packets of light, which I believe are causing disease. Okay. Uh, well, you, you mentioned uh, you know, people that you train. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about you know, 
how somebody learns to do what you do? What's involved in that? Is there any kind of a you know a certification involved? Uh, so what, what's what's really interesting you know about your work, just from you know what I've learned so far, is that you you seem to have a system of being able to get other people to be able to do what you do and not claim that it's some sort of magical gift that only you have. That it, it is a, a very learnable skill. Is that it correct? It is very learnable. Anybody can learn this. I mean, there are some people more apt at it than others, and some, you know what I'm saying, there are people more skilled, but, you know, what I have found is that the people who put the time into it get as good. So, some, you know, it's like a runner. You have somebody who might be faster for some reason, but somebody who really works at it eventually catches up and can do just as well as anybody else. So it's really about persistence. Um, Mike, we've trained thousands of people already. Really? Yeah. Wow. We've got people all over the world. Uh, who are doing this work, um, many of them in ICUs. We have people in Israel. We have people in the Middle East, people in South America, Mexico, uh, Central America who are doing this work. Um, they work with physicians. They work with healers, acupuncturists, people like that. And what we do is is we like to pair our people with healers, with physicians or other you know forms of healing because, you know, acupuncture, Chinese medicine, fabulous. Medicine, allopathic, you know, traditional medicine, fabulous. But if they're not getting to the source issues of these issues, they're not completing the work. So what we find is that if we take somebody and we put them into our certification programs, we have a number of levels of certification. We have spiritual healer, spiritual practitioner, advanced practitioner, master healer, and doctor of medical spiritual healing. I had no idea. Yeah, we have five levels. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, the people who reach that advanced level, that third level, many of them have, have been able to work with cancer and had significant results. So do you work uh, closely with you know, other, other types of healing that uh, are, are gaining some prominence? You're probably familiar with uh, you know, Thomas Seyfried and his work was, uh, with cancer as a metabolic disease, uh, the ketogenic diet. It seems to be gaining a lot of traction uh, as far as the therapeutic you know, ketogenic diet that ties in with Seyfried's work. Uh, we've got a lot of work being done in the field of, of oxygen, hyperbaric, and ozone, and so on. Do you, do you feel that all these things are, you know, important as a combination? I do. I mean, I think, I think, you know, we have to go outside of one system thinking it can heal anything. You know, the, the answer is that multifaceted approach is always the best. You know, you have to approach it from the allopathic model, but there's things you can do with the, the meridians, there's things you can do with oxygen, there, you know, there's all sorts of things you can use. So the beautiful thing is that somebody who has the ability to be able to be trained to see the subtle, these subtle lights can actually look at a system, like if you bring, let's say, ozone therapy into it, you can actually see what happens to those subtle lights, those packets. So if ozone starts to reduce the packet, you know it's helpful. Oh, okay. If it doesn't do anything, it's a waste of time. Oh, well, very interesting. So, you know, I'm going to ask you maybe to speculate a little bit. Uh, you know, in, in the bigger picture of uh, what's going on with, with medicine today, particularly medicine as an industry, do you see any indications that chemo and radiation might be, uh, at some point, a thing of the past? Well, you know, as we're, you know, because of these electron funneling microscopes now, we're able to map the DNA, you know, and they're starting to really understand DNA replication, DNA, you know, viral implants and things that are causing, you know, these things, telomeres. So I suspect that within the next 15, 20 years, 
it's all going to be moving into DNA-based issues. And all this stuff is going to phase out. It's all going to be hitting at that level. But even there, you know, again, if you strengthen the telomeres and you, you know, you work with being able to neutralize some of the, you know, viral things that may be causing these problems, if you don't get to the sources, it's just going to pop up someplace else, you know, because we're working very subtly. And those subtle lights affect the electromagnetic spins. And if you, if you put a negative subtle light on electromagnetic spins, wherever it is, you're going, to have mis- you're going to have something go wrong. So at the deepest level, you've got to go there. I think, I think we are going to see chemo and radiation begin to phase out, but what they're going to do is they're going to do targeted immune therapy. That's what's going to happen, is my, is my sense of it. Well, I don't know exactly what that means, but do you, do you think that's going to be an improvement? Is that going to be you know, a bit it will be better, better than the outcomes people get with chemo? Because sometimes the treatment kills the patient. Well, chemo is very rough on the patient. That's the problem. It's really disastrous. And I don't, you know, people may not know this, but if you took all the chemo together, and and all that's been given, and you and you, they've done this and they've researched, and you look at the life extension, the average, the average of all chemo together, life extension is nine months. You know, I, I've heard another statistic. I don't know if you've, you've heard this or if you agree, but. Uh, in terms of glioblastoma and the life expectancy somebody has now when that's diagnosed, it is really not very different than it was in 1926 when another study was done on what is the average life expectancy. Did you hear me talk about glioblastoma last night? You, uh, Yeah, you, a child in, uh, in Sweden, was it? Denmark. Denmark, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was a glioblastoma. Again, the life expectancy is not very good. It's one of the real killers of kids. And, and it turned out to be uh, caused by an emotional issue with her uh, parents, if exactly. I'm not mistaken. They were divorcing, and the child couldn't handle whatever was going on between the parents. It cracked something in the child's mind, and the tumor came out. Well, do you th- feel that in every cancer situation there's an emotional component or on, in only some? All. Really? All. And, and it's deeper. Emotions are one part of it. You have to, emotions are very significant. You've got to get the emotions released. And it's always there. But behind the emotions, there are images. Images are repressed experiences of pain or, you know, problems that have been pushed into the body because the person hasn't been able to resolve them at some point in their life. Now, you know, again, depending on the disease, in breast cancer, for example, it's always about the ability to give or receive love. Really? Yeah, always. There's some issue with being, and usually it's actually about, you know, well, it can go either way, but it's usually about their inability to give the milk of love to people who are important for whatever the reason. Sometimes because they didn't learn it, sometimes they got hurt when they gave it and they stopped giving it. There's different reasons. Prostate cancer is always about deep fear because men are being, you know, we're being forced to provide and to be men today and, you know, and show up and make money and have safety and safety for our families. And it's a, it's a very unsafe world. So if we feel deep down the unsafe, that unsafety is always a source of prostate disease. Interesting. Oh, I had no idea. Well, I personally uh, was diagnosed with that in 2011. In 2008, or actually, uh, in 2008, I'd begun to uh, flip houses and get very active as a real estate entrepreneur while I still had a corporate job. In 2010, 
I left my corporate job. I felt like I was kind of jumping off a cliff and hoping the parachute would open and uh, did very well for a number of years in the real estate industry. But as you might well imagine, it was a very high stress job. Uh, you might complete two or three projects a year, which means you get two or three paydays a year. And, uh, you know, they could be very, very good paydays, but they might have to last you a while too. So there was, you know, definitely some, I don't know if I call it fear, but definitely some stress around, you know, the, the yeah. financial situation in those days. So, yeah, a, a quite interesting this, synchronization of events. This is, I mean, what you're saying is classic prostate. Is it really? Classic. Wow. You know, you, you jumped off the cliff, you took the risk, but at the same time, the parachute wasn't opening, even though you would make good money at times, but you didn't know, there's always that stress, you're working hard, but it could drop out at the last moment, mm-hmm. you're worried if you have enough, you know, you know, you know you, you're doing good, but it could fall down, prostate Absolutely. cancer, that's it. Wow, it's extremely valuable information. So... If I were to work with you or one of your master practitioners, you know, to say, you know, theoretically, what would what would that session initially look like? Well, what we do is, uh, you know, first of all, we find out what the issue is. So, um, saying prostate cancer, for example, then we would guide you into finding the subtle pattern. And if the cancer was gone, the subtle pattern wouldn't be there. But if the cancer is still subtly present, you'll find it. Okay. okay, and and most of the time again, unless you've unless you've done the work, it's it's there. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we take you inside the pattern, we open it, and we find out what's living in the pattern, which might be, you know, all the things you talked about—the stress, the you know, are you going to make it? You know, you took a big jump. I'm sure it was nerve wracking to do that, you know, and all that stuff. And we would look at not only what you did with it, but why you got stressed out by it. You see, and deep down you'd find that inside yourself, the unknown, not knowing, was creating a system of, of unsafety in yourself. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's completely accurate. You know, I've never been really that risk-averse throughout my life. I've always kind of figured no pain, no gain. And if there's an opportunity, you know, as there was in the you know, economic environment of those times, there was definitely an opportunity in real estate. So I just, you know, jumped in with both feet. But... You know, there's definitely a flip side to the whole thing as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and sometimes, pro- there's a bit, sometimes there's a benefit to a paycheck every two weeks. There sure. is a benefit. <laughs> and plus, you know, as you get older, you know, before 50, there's more resiliency in the body. But after you, after 50, things start to change. So when it's, as you start to go older, um, you know, today they say the telomeres, of, which are these little, you know, separations in the DNA, wear down. But for whatever the reasons are, the body doesn't respond the same. So as, the, as you age more and you have those kind of stresses, your immune system and things don't work the same and disease may show up. Well, in a more general sense, as far as, you know, just approaching a, uh, an overall healthy immune system, you know, let's say you're not targeting any particular disease per se, but somebody comes to you and says, I just want to be the best I can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, you know, weekend warrior type athlete, mountain biker, skier, wants to continue his athletic endeavors and, you know, have a healthy sex life and a great body and just be, uh, you know, just healthy and enjoying life for absolutely as long as possible. Is that is that something you can help with? Uh, absolutely. Because, again, if you look at it, all of it comes back to the heart. If a person's in their heart, full of love, have peace, they feel good, the immune system kicks in, they feel good about themselves, they're happy, they release pheromones, they smell better, 
you know, they're going to be more attractive to women and or women more attractive to men, you know, because they're radiating something out of their being that mm. is healthy. That's quite interesting. And it really comes back to the source of it, which is how, you know, many times you see people, you know, even today, you know, people are really going for it. You know, there's been big changes since the economic collapse of 207. But, um, you know, behind it, you can still feel that people are not at peace in their heart. So I think the real key is first, let's get our hearts right, meaning that you feel really good about yourself. You feel really good about who you are. You trust. There's a deep state of trust. When you do that, you'll see your entire physiology begins to change. Hmm. And, and for men, and actually for women as well, you'll see that when you have that, you will become very attractive to other, you know, to the opposite sex or to everybody, really. You'll become attractive because you're vibrating something healthy out of you. Makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, is there anything that you would like our listeners to know about that we, we haven't talked about? I, I guess just one other quick question. Um, you probably have a few basic health practices that you would advise for everybody. Uh, do you have maybe your top top two or three things that you might recommend? Obviously, good exercise, good sleep, good water, you know, the, the obvious the things. But in, anything in, in particular, maybe, maybe any supplements or anything like that that you're a big fan of for just general good health? I think, you know, for me, the number one practice is time with God, okay. time with spirit. You know, take time. If you can take minimum 20 minutes a day and just contemplate and sit with, the, sit with God, sit with spirit, sit with your higher self, you know, whatever, however you like to put it. I like to say God because I think that's the highest. And you sit with that, that being and that light and you just receive from it. Just let the light come into you. It will realign your chakras. It will realign your physiology. It will realign your mind, realign your emotions, and it will guide you. And like in those moments of quiet, you'll see that the, the path opens up where, where most of us, we don't know what to do, where our guidance systems are down. But when you sit, all of a sudden you'll say, oh, I see the way out. I see the way through. And guidance systems, that's a, good, that's a good way of putting it. Well, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's great advice. So uh, I really appreciate you taking some time with us here today. I know we just kind of uh, you know, did this off the cuff here. But, yeah, that's great intel. How can people learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, if they go to uh, my website, drjaffemd.com, D-R-J-A-F-F-E-M-D.com. Uh, in fact, if you put uh, forward slash um, special gifts and then another forward slash, we can give you some things to help you with this. We'll give you seven C's of relationship. You can learn about relationship and some of the things we do to help people with this. Um, and you can also look at our programs on, you know, learning spiritual healing or becoming a spiritual healer if you feel drawn to that, if that's in your, in your blood and you know that you're meant to do it, this might be a good system for you. Absolutely. Well, that is wonderful. Uh, this is uh, Rob Rowe standing in for Debbie Dash, and you're signing off here at the Conscious Life Expo. Dr. Jaffe, I hope to see you soon. Thanks again for your time. It's my pleasure, Rob. It was great to talk to you.